Rewind and Digress is a fakeshem.net podcast proudly presented by Viewlorium. Alternative movies, alternative streaming, totally free at viewlorium.com. Welcome to Rewind and Digress, where we hit pause on the now and track back to one of our favourite films, commit ourselves, attempt to work it out in therapy, receive a little shock treatment, smear our faecal matter all over the walls, and gently remind ourselves as we rock back and forth that it's only a movie, only a movie, only a movie. I'm Jarrett and I'm here with Glenn and Sean and we're FakeShemp.net. On this episode, we're rewinding back to 2001 to discuss Brad Anderson's largely unseen and supremely unsettling Session 9. Hello, Doc. It's underrated, but it's almost underrated because no one's really heard about it. I do feel like it has a cult following, mm. though. Like a lot of people in the film circles know it very well yeah. and regard it highly. Yeah. But that's mainly on the internet, yeah. Though, or do you think is there people you speak to, like you know, locally in Australia that speak highly of it or no? It's sort of like it came out silently here in Australia. It was released through MRA and it was pretty much released to really low-fi release totally. as well. It came out on VHS yeah. and then like maybe 6 months later it came out on DVD. Yes. And they had the I remember the MRA slick was reversible because you had the original poster oh. and then you flip it over it's the original poster with David Crusoe's face looming yeah. over the asylum. I've never seen that other art. I should really? have bought it with me. Yeah, I've got it as well. Yeah. That's yeah. the one that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. Look, for anyone that hasn't seen the film, then you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. It was going to spoil a whole lot about this movie. So you can pause it and come back to it later. Otherwise, we're going to fuck it up. And here's the synopsis from the film. This is off the back of the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which I'll discuss a little later in the podcast. Okay. It looms up from the woods like a dormant beast, grand, imposing, abandoned, and deteriorating. The Danvers State Mental Hospital. Closed down for 15 years, it's about to receive five new visitors. Donning protective gear, the men of the Hazmat Elimination Co. venture into the eerily vast and vacant asylum that is filled with an evil and mysterious past. Rampant patient abuse, medieval medical procedure, and rumours of demonic possession are just some of the many dark secrets the hospital holds. But then so do each of the men. It's a fucking great synopsis. It's it's a actually good one. It feels like it's written by a writer, yeah. not well, just by like yeah. some dude that's trying it, to like summarise the It is, the but it kind, of, it kind of makes it read like this is sort of a... a, a cliched riddled film but it's it's it couldn't be it, it couldn't be further it, yeah. from cliched like oh, yeah, yeah, this has this original. avoids every trope and cliche in the book super which original. is why i love it the most you know it's unexpected completely yeah. it's unexpectedly uh, rich you know uh, it's an odd one because because like you say nobody's ever heard of it mm. so it's very hard to discuss it it's very hard to to sit around with other, other film fans or cinephiles and, and 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 work out exactly what the film is in fact Outside of you two, I don't know anybody else that's seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have a I have an idea of what I think the film is and maybe what it's about, but I feel like that's kind of at odds as to what the internet says that it's about. Because right, he, right, right. I get the feeling that most people think it's this kind of eerie, creepy, almost supernatural, but it just doesn't play like that for me. No, what, what does it feel the, like? That's I the beauty of it. I think what it's hard to categorize. Yes, you're, I know what you're saying. Because a lot of online you know, message boards and what would say it's like the greatest sort of 
uh, haunted asylum film there is. Yeah, it's kind of like a haunted house film. But but I think those people say that knowing damn well what it is because it is that, but it's done in a very low-key, modest way, very dramatically focused. It's not a trope-driven cliche. No, No, because... It kind of it plays with the tropes and the cliches, yeah, but yeah. never exploits them. Like you know, yeah. it's all there, yeah. but it's very subtle, and you don't pick up on yeah, it. Yeah, the delivery yeah. is very different. As yeah, to how it sort of does that. When I first saw it, when it first, first, first dropped back in two thousand one, uh, I hated it. Why? Right. And so how did you actually come about? The was film? that how because was that because it? of the digital aspect of it? No, I re- I remember yeah. being really excited about it because it was around that time that there was a company called uh, Indigent independent digital entertainment and they were sort of the forefront of this digital uh, at the time it was just hd tape mm. revolution things like pieces of april or oh, um, personal velo- personal velocity and there was a whole bunch mm, of them yeah. were shot in hd tape and session nine was one of the ones and it was one of those ones that really got me excited i heard about it before it released because it was like oh my god they're shooting on HD tape and, mm. and, and I can afford HD tape and I can do something like this. It was one of those films like, mm. you know, if they can do it, it's within my grasp kind of thing. And then when I finally saw it, I was just like, they, they, when I first saw it, I thought, this film's a mess. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it wants to be. I don't know where it sits. I don't know. So as a result, yeah, I haven't watched it since It's it really interesting you say that because I was in film school when this one came out yeah. and I had a similar yeah. reaction. I loved it from the get-go, yeah. but... I thought to myself, shit, man, I can make this film. Like, this is just, you know, camera, yeah. you know, little mini DV camera, and I've got that, and I can do yeah. this. Yeah. But I've, you know, watched it maybe seven, eight times since, yeah, right. and there's no fucking way I could replicate it's this. It's a pretty no. complex film. Yes. Like, just it in is. terms of the design, I think it's years ahead of, because it, it's... it's. Having said that, the know, design is mostly stuff that was already on location. Oh, no, not so much the production design as, as to how they assembled the, the psychology. Film post. Yeah. Like, when you watch the film, you're like, there's exposition that's told through the tapes themselves but the sound design yeah okay. and accompanying that the the tapes and how the film unfolds it's just it is really constructed extremely well and it yeah. seems like someone you know you'd like to, you'd like to think they knew what they were doing from mm. the very beginning or whether it all kind of came together in post but it, it it's almost a new way of storytelling you know it's linear sure but the way it's constructed is very different from anything i had seen and i probably didn't appreciate that seeing it the first yeah. time and years later you're like Wow, what a way to tell a story! Okay, yeah. elaborate that for me, because mm. I mean that—that's a big call. But so, so yeah. why do you? What makes you think that it's revolutionary in its structure? Well, I just think that at the time, you know, I—I I personally had not seen a film where so much of the story is being dictated by you know one of the characters listening back to these tapes, events kind of occurring concurrently with you know what's hearing the tape or a foreshadowing of what's to come. It's it's. It's I don't know. It feels more like I think a it has a lot or something. A lot to know? do with the pacing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. too, the one thing that conjures in my mind, I don't know why, because we're in this dank kind of environment. Mm. I kind of visualize carrying like a wet, heavy mattress, right? right. It takes a long time to get it where you want to go, yeah. Yeah. and this kind of film meanders in that kind of way, you know. And it's just sort of, it's it's it, unsettling. I feel yeah, though, too it, because it kind of it's take, foreboding. It, yeah, it catches you off guard because I I have no idea where it's going. You've got this clunky clanky kind of soundtrack that is at, as as much yeah. adhesive as it is disjointed yeah deliberately yeah. and i think all of that combined like mm. you're saying that's the tapestry it's really oh, yeah, rich it's and layered rich. It's and layered yep. that's the thing it feels like it's it, it's really brilliantly structured just those mm. things those elements that are all put together it's like you know you can watch a film you've got like a you know a pretty normal score about it um you know the narrative goes this way the characters interact that way a lot is left up to the tapes, yeah. up to you to kind of 
well, this is what's happening before me, and okay, you kind of got to put the pieces together. I mean, yep. it's not hard, but it's an interesting way of storytelling. And it's, it's not all just dialogue based. Yeah. The dialogue, and you, and as a viewer, you don't really know which horse you're backing. Yeah. Until the end of the film, because I'm like, well, no, and, and it's red yes. herrings, but it's more that I, I, I'm thrown because I, David Caruso, he seems like a bad yeah. guy. Or maybe he's on does a level. He? Yeah, he totally he does. does. Yeah, yeah, because he's mixed with those two guys by the dumpster, and you're like, "What the fuck's going on there?" Like, yeah. and they the they setup leave, is you know? the setup is that the older bloke is the one that we're supposed to sympathise with. David Crusoe yeah. is the antagonist. Yeah, and yeah. you know they play that almost to the end. Right and to it's, the end to that sequence, and, and you don't like, pick no. up. I mean, you get the finale, you get the conclusion, but yeah. it's not until the second viewing that you really pick up on all those, of course, yeah, aspects yeah. of it. Yeah. And that is just like the the constant. Um, What's the word? The constant conflict between those two characters of course, yeah. is what builds that tension right yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. And 90% of the film is pretty much at the asylum. Those flashbacks that you never really know why you're seeing them until yeah. the end and then it makes sense. And you're like, oh shit, okay. And then you factor those flashbacks in with the phone calls and, mm. you know, it's, yeah, it's so and dense. it's weird though because I thought, am I just bringing, the first time I watched it, am yeah. I just bringing my disdain of... Um, of old mate, old ginger, McGee, NYPD blue finest. <laughs> yeah, we're um, talking about Crusoe. Am I bringing that to this movie that I yeah. think he's just such a, a fucking asshole of a guy? See, because that, that... He was an asshole. But he was. Yeah, yeah he I've was. i heard he's yeah. a complete dick. Although on this film, Brad Anderson actually said he was all right to work. Yeah. You know? But his character's a dick. But that, yeah. that's... See, that's... that's my, I, I took away something very different from you two. I took away, for the first two thirds, mm. and almost... You know, about halfway through until until it really starts to unspool at the end. I thought Session Nine was just a great character drama about a guy whose life is spooling apart. Hmm. And I think this is where my where my, 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 my disappointment with the first viewing was is that I feel like Peter Mullen I mean Peter Mullen is incredible. an incredible actor. Great actor. Right? He just acts everybody off the screen on this. He's an right? actor of his generation. Oh, in his movie in particular. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, more so in Tyrannosaur. Train spotting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Mother Superior. But he's so good in this. Yeah. So good. Um, that watching this guy just lose, lose his mind piece by piece by piece by piece. The first time I saw it, I remember thinking, it's such a rich character drama with such varying co- levels of conflict within mm. all the guys. Mm. Where I never really thought that David Crusoe was a bad guy. I thought he was just like an honest he's guy. So shifty throughout mm, it because he's yeah. constantly saying like, "I've got this friend that wants to come." He's in. lying we'll on all the job time. Yeah. all the time. And then the other guy goes missing. And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I just you know spoke to his partner." And then later on, obviously, he goes, "You know, you all heard me." It's like, "Well, no, you spoke to him. None of us heard. Yeah, we well, yeah, say anything." But that, but that again, all that, that stuff that doesn't shifty. That doesn't come until the, the the last. Yeah, but no, no, but no, throughout but, it, he's yeah. setting it up because he's oh, like, yeah, "Oh, of course, these friends, your you know your whatever relation into it to he." I don't know if it's his nephew. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, nephew. Yeah. You know, he's he's useless. He's bad news. You know, he's yeah. no good. You know, we'll get my friends on the job, and he's always doing shit like yeah. that throughout the movie. And well, you're kind of yeah. like going, God, David Caruso's a bit of an asshole. Like, That's how I took got it. Him the yeah. gig See, I always, I always thought he was just like backstabbing like, him all the time, talking about him. Oh no, you know, he's gone around the, you know. Uh, I, when again, bring it back mm. when I, when I fir- when I first saw it, then I thought this is a really rich character drama right. that just has this sort of weird horror shit like stapled onto it like tacked on to the side that it just didn't need right of course that's why i didn't like it the first time but now i watched it again yeah yeah then i'm like oh my god like this is this is the this is, a, is an incredible example of of a guy like i say coming apart at the seams mm. and it's not supernatural like i just had the wrong well, i just had the it wrong is a bit. it is it is it's <laughs> definitely still supernatural because the yeah. final 
you know, words in the film, you know, when it's saying it says it chooses the weak and it, you know, it takes yeah. them, you know, it takes them and they're the... Because well, he's possessed right yeah, from day one. the soul it can take to make them okay. do things. Let's oh, yeah. jump forward yeah. a little bit. Like, am I, am I reading the finale wrong? Let me just right. put it out there. Oh, yeah. Is he possessed from day one and right. he goes and murders his wife and child on day one? No. I no. F- I, no. I feel that's like how that's, I see it. that's a stress thing that's happened in his life and then he's come into come into it and what what I what I the way I read it was is that like you say the 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 asylum for the lack of a better expression the asylum finds the weak mm. and mm. the 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 breakdown in communication the breakdown in relationship with his wife is what leaves him weak so that when he shows up yeah that's the vulnerability that but that that is existing from the moment he gets there and yeah, I, I think no, I that see, I the see demon what yeah, or yeah. whatever it is the entity latched onto him when he got there Yes. And that mm. all the phone calls he's making throughout the film are to no one. Yeah, there's no yeah. right because he's already done it. Yeah, but he's yeah, that's it. He's yeah. done it already on he day already one. Done it, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. has he done it before he arrives? I feel like he's done it before he arrives and he carries it because <laughs> he's that that's a massive like cuz his life's at a breaking point. I feel like it is because we see the flashbacks but it feels like all those But that that doesn't make sense to me it. as far as well, the demon very, latching on. From the very get go. I with you going. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so so you feel like that event day happens one. I feel I feel after like after the first day there yes. he kills his wife. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's 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 stressed with a new kid. He's almost losing his job. You know, yeah. he's he's got these employees that all fucking yeah. hate each other, you know, like he's vulnerable. Right, right, right. Then when he gets to the asylum the asylum latches onto him and then he goes recognizes and comes back, comes back day the two one. and that's yeah, when all right. the weird shit starts happening because his mind is now because he's already yeah because yeah. I can't remember in placing the timeline if there is any cuts to him sitting in the car and watching prior to the events of the film you know on that first day if you do see any of those scenes I'd like to go back and watch it now because now I'll be going. Mm. Oh, did I, we see any I, of I believe. I, I feel believe that's what the final. That's what the thing final. That's at. what the final. Yeah. The final sequence of Monday is. He is rocks him. up in his truck and in there's truck, elements the that flower. have existed from the. Yeah, he's got the from flowers. the asylum, yeah. like on yeah, the side. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. You're yeah. right too. Yeah. Got I think that's what they're yeah. hinting at. That's, but I could be way off. Like it's it's so open to interpretation anyway. Oh, I think I'll have to sit down and watch it again anyway. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to sit down and watch it again as well. To be honest. Obviously, we just discussed Sean's first time. He, yeah. he how did you sort of happen about? So you were studying at the time. Uh, yeah, I was in uni, but so I. Were you over in Canada? No, no, this, no, this was or? in RMIT in Melbourne. Right, okay. and I would have been working at a video store at the time, just uh, doing casual yep. work, and yep. it would have been a new release that came through and flew under the radar. But I probably would have picked up a preview tape of it, right, right, and gone, "Oh, what the fuck is this?" And I immediately latched on to Brad Anderson as a filmmaker. Right, yeah, he yeah, is yeah. like for me, I kind of liken him to like a mix between M Night Shyamalan and say right. Vincenzo Natale. Do you know that yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, because like Shyamalan, he had made two comedies first before he then got sort of pigeonholed into this whole weird thriller kind of director. And his thrillers are left of center like Shyamalan's. And then Mm. you got the Natali stuff where they're also left of center. And I don't know, I just put the two together and I feel like that's what Brad Anderson is. A lot of hit and miss with his films Mm. over the years, but Mm, I've sort of enjoyed watching that trajectory anyway i've always enjoyed his films yeah yeah i like i agree with you they're, they're not always they don't always work well, i think i think he kind of hit his peak with trans-siberian well most people would agree the machine has put him on the map right oh definitely. yeah definitely. yeah and yeah. trans-siberia i agree but it, it's kind of like a, a clunky film there's there's a bit of disjoint 
stuff going on. It was on a good there. film, but yeah. I, like when I saw it, it wasn't like I I sourced that film because it was Brad Anderson. Yeah. I watched that film and then I was like, oh, it's, yeah. I looked up later, I was like, oh, it's that guy. It's See, that guy, everything yeah, yeah. I've watched of his has been that anticipation new Brad Anderson right, film up okay. until right. the new one Beirut, which I got the other day and Same. didn't know it was him right. until I looked at the cover Did and you I watch like, it? No, I haven't watched I haven't it yet. Seen it. I, I was trying time. to watch it before tonight. I really tonight. wanted to see it as well. Yeah, but I mean, even like Vanishing on Seventh Street and The Call and Stonehurst I Asylum. Watched. Oh, well, Stonehurst, I only watched that for the first time. Stonehurst this, this Asylum. Year. That's interesting because it's that. another asylum piece. Yeah, yeah. I've always kind of avoided With it because of, because of the Millennium Films tag. Ooh, I've always yeah, it? yeah. But it's not a bad film. It's not a bad film. It's I've a, got to watch it. The yeah. reveal is very predictable. Right. But it's not so much about the reveal. It's about just what goes on up until that point. It's it's not bad. I'll watch anything with Kate Beckins though. I think she's really underrated. It's interesting to watch it with Session 9 in mind. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The oh, Call no, was good as well, it. though. I like The Call. I yeah. didn't mind. That was the Halle Berry one, though. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually really yeah, good. It was, it was, it was you, WWE you, Studios. Yeah, because you, yeah. you tagged me You tagged me for it. You're going, yeah, I, I think you actually really I think we talked about that on the podcast and what bothered me about that was her hair. Oh, yeah. Like a fro. Yeah, it's the worst fro ever. That didn't really upset me too much. I was pleasantly surprised by that movie. Yeah, so was I too. And there lies the digression. Uh, Yeah, well, it's pretty early in the piece. I was going to mention the first time I saw this film was because a friend and I were having a conversation and I'd said I hadn't heard of the film. Um, I said, oh, you know, like we're talking about craziest place we've ever been. I was like, oh, it was in Massachusetts back in like 2001, 2002. And uh, we went to like this asylum. It was fucking terrifying. I was like... You know, Massachusetts is a scary place anyway because that's all, you know, it's old Salem, mm. you know. A um, lot of rich history. It's one of the most haunted places in the entire world. Um, but, yeah, like, we were staying with a family, a friend of mine, Bill, disabled Bill, Bill in the wheelchair. And uh, Bill many, and I were on a road trip How many nicknames does Bill have? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Bill. And we were on a road trip around the States and uh, we stayed in Massachusetts for a couple of days. He had some... Um, family friends we stayed there and and the chap that uh, we were staying with said oh i'm going to take you to some crazy places because i was like massachusetts pretty pretty boring yeah. uh and he took us to the danvers state hospital nice. you know and we got into the grounds right up until you know there's a gate right before you hit it and we got up there and you know i'm, I'm filming it bill's taking photos is it wait is this wheelchair bill yeah, yeah, yeah. He's taking some photos. He's not driving. The other guy's driving at the fucking home, right? He, he can use his arms. <laughs> yeah. The best part about it is, I, oh no, he does drive though. He drove us all around the states. Oh really? Yeah, he does all the driving. It's all done with the handheld. Oh, the paddles. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still don't have my license, so of course he's doing the driving. You still don't have your license? No, but this is like now. Well, this Do you know have a license? This is sixteen years ago. No. <laughs> No, but we'll save that for the License to Drive podcast. It's coming up on Rewind and Aren't you like 56? You don't have a license? <laughs> That's not <laughs> happening. But it could. That'd be a good one. If you're interested, yeah. we could do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we go up the way up to the gate and then suddenly out of nowhere, a security guard comes out and he's like, right, stop. And he's like, you know, you can't be here. This is private property. And we're like, oh, but we haven't we haven't gone through the gate or anything. He's like, this whole entire driveway is private property. Um, you know, where are you from to Bill? And Bill's like, uh, Australia? And he's like, have you got a passport and identification? And Bill's like freaked out and got the passport out. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then next minute, I need your driver's license from the driver. And, and you, sir, where are you from? And I go, Australia. And he goes, you got a passport? And I'm like, no. And he's like, have you got a passport? And I'm like, no. And he goes, you better answer me right the third time. He goes, because this could you could be deported. And I was like, yeah, yeah I got a passport. And then we hand it all to him and takes could be pa- could be deported by a security guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> takes all our details down, right? <laughs> takes all. I'm, I'm 
twenty for trespassing. Twenty two. You're twenty. You're twenty stupid. Is what you are. Like, and he's taken all the details down, right? Mm. And then he says to. He also has a gun, so and he yeah. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, he does actually because it's America. Yeah, and he says, uh, and it's Massachusetts, mm. and uh, <laughs> we could have been killed. And he says to, uh, he says to the driver, he goes, you know, he's got all our ID anyway. We're not going anywhere. He goes, okay. He goes, I'm, I'm taking all these details down, and you know, have you got any, you know, have you taken any photos? And I'd already put the camera like down here and I kicked it under the seat. And uh, Bill's like, oh, yeah. And he had, like, this clunky old digital camera. It was massive. Massive digital camera. It was fantastic. It used to save to 3.5 floppy disks. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Huge. Like an underwater-looking camera. <laughs> and Bill's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I took photos. And he's like, well, you know, delete them. I need to see you delete the photos. You can't have any of the photos. And so he had to delete all the photos. And he turned to me and he's like, have you got a camera? I said, no. And he goes, have you got a camera? I said, no. And he goes, and to me the third time. And you know, I said, no, definitely not. And I was like, fuck, did you see the video camera? Did you see the video camera? It's like, okay. And I was like, oh, cool. I could have gone away with the passport all along. She <laughs> oh, I know. Held out. Anyway, he took the details and he said, look, you know, this may not go any further, but I still need to write a report. So you may hear or you may not hear anything. And I was like, we're already like a bit freaked out so because you you were you weren't even in the property. Were we you? were technically because oh right because it's a, it's a massive driveway. It was off the road and you followed gotcha, the big driveway gotcha. up. We hadn't got into you know where mm. the, the the building is at itself, but we were right at the gates, and so we were on private property. I'm pretty sure he broke the law by taking all that shit off you. Oh well, no, he gave he gave us our IDs back, obviously. But no, yeah, he's like pretty much you know. Remove the I love this guy. He's like a troll just yeah. hiding behind the gate, like waiting. For I know. I know. He's been waiting ten years for this I moment. Know. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for the moment where, like, he gathers up all your IDs, and at the end, he goes, "Ha, psych! Here you go. Here, I'll just open the gate for you. Just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. head on in. Come um, on in, guys." Like, freaky thing was though, he was a patient. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it was obviously obviously it was closed. It closed in 1992, I think. Right, like I said, eventually, yeah. Um, but I love it. Imagine if you did actually get in, and then there was like an actual security guard. He goes, "Oh, you must have met Crazy Steve down the front." Like, yeah. <laughs> can I get your IDs? Like, Crazy Steve's got them. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to ask you that again. Crazy Steve's flown. Uh, he's flown the coop. But anyway, you go back, and he's just wearing a baseball hat with a propeller on top. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we went back to the place we were staying that night, and Bill's like, you know, we're like, oh fuck, that was you know that was freaky. And he's like, at least you've got that video. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got the video. I got the video. It's great. Um, video cuts out. Honestly, there's no word of a lie. Video cuts out as we're heading up the fucking drive. Well, before we hit the gate, it just cuts out. And then video picks up as we're heading back from maybe around the same part, um, which is well after I'd picked it up. It's like weird parts where it starts and ends. Yeah. And Bill and I was like, there's, there's nothing there. And he's like, you know, did you, you must have hit stop. And I was like, I couldn't hit stop. Like, fucking... What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, oh. and we're like, oh, that's creepy. So we have no fucking memories of having been there. That's because just, Crazy Steve has his down. laser gun. He's been <laughs> pointing Steve at you coming up like, the driveway. Crazy Steve signals or whatever. And he's <laughs> yeah. just like, <laughs> Crazy like Steve that. doesn't have a pistol. He's just got a giant magnet in his <laughs> pocket. <laughs> like, um, and so yeah, I was telling his friend, he's like, oh yeah, they made a movie about that place. I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, session nine. I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, they made the movie, made the movie. And then yeah, it took seemingly took a long time to come out in Australia. It didn't come out like. Maybe it came out in VHS in 2003, but it didn't come out in DVD till about 2004-ish. Was it that late? Um, really? Yeah, it was like, it was ages because I looked it up straight mm. away. I was like, oh my God, yeah, I've got to see this movie. Um, and so going into it, it was like, yeah, well, it's going to be, I thought it was going to be a story about the actual Danvers State Hospital itself, which yep. actually I do want to talk about a little bit. Um, 
But then, of course, it's its own story. So the first time I was kind of a little bit disappointed because I was like, oh, it's going to be a story about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's its own thing. Came back to it years later and um, I was just like blown away, like really blown away the second time because I had not, I don't think I'd seen anything quite like it. It was like for a genre film. Yep. Yeah. It's storytelling. I suppose it's, there's a know, good chance that there were some different. of those like, you know, Uber super fans that might have been trying to trespass all the time because of the movie was there. Dude, and, you know, that's why they put a security guard there. It is funny you say that because on the, uh, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but on the Screen Factory Blu-ray, there's a guy named Sean Clark. He does these special features on um, most of the Screen Factory mm-hmm. sort of retrospective horror stuff called uh, Horrors Hallowed Grounds. And then he goes into the old, you know, places where they shot the films and does a comparison between what it looked like then and what it looks like now. He's a bit of a mad fan for it. So he went there, I think it was actually probably maybe about two years after the movie was made. So mm-hmm. it was after I'd been, and but he got in, obviously they broke in, yeah. filmed a bunch of stuff. Um, and then for this Blu-ray release, had pulled that from the archive, gone and seen as much as he could, but they... They fucking destroyed the place in two thousand. It's demolished, isn't it? Two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah, it was. Really? It was heritage listed. Yeah, but somehow you know development. Yeah. always these things happen. They they demolished a good portion of it. Um, so yeah, this new feature radio is only able to get a bit, but he goes back to the archives and you see and you see how much cool shit they left from the film. Like yeah, they they'd written on the walls and stuff like Brad Anderson. They've had this bit where you know underneath they're all written but they'd left props and stuff there like some of the um pictures that were up in um, yeah, right. mm-hmm. uh what's her name mary mary's room hobbs. mary hobbs yep you know some of those pictures were there and he took one of the pictures he's, he couldn't remember if it was in the film or not he's like oh, i'm gonna take that and then went back and watched the film he's like oh fucking it is it's awesome it's a bit of a good keepsake but yeah it's sad to think that it's not there but i just want to talk about the denver's it is State an Hospital. extraordinary building it's beautiful. Like yeah. the architecture. Oh my incredible. goodness! Have you, like, Jared and I have been through a few of these in Australia. Have you been mm. through like no. Arradale or Beechworth? No. We've got places exactly like this. Really? Yeah. Oh, even yeah, even yeah. as close as Lorundal over in Bundura, up until yeah. maybe five to ten years ago, just like that. No joke. Yeah. I've been to the uh, the one in it's Arradale. Yeah. Arradale. Yeah. The one I stayed at for two nights or so, and I never got a vibe of much. Like we did the ghost hunting, and we stayed literally we stayed there on site for two nights. Um, didn't really get anything. I yeah. got more being at this place <laughs> before the security guard jumped. Us. It just it was a really kind of eerie, weird feeling. I was mm. like, oh, this is kind of like... See, I, I go into these places awkward. with that Access Paranormal mob um, yeah. every now and then. I've oh, got another yeah, one yeah. in Aradale coming up in a few months. I don't go in there for any of that like paranormal stuff. I go in yeah. just for the atmosphere. You go oh, in there yeah. and the atmosphere is palpable. Like, you know, it's yeah. just, you can feel the history. You don't. It's mm. not supernatural yeah, or anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah. Cause you know, you're, you're told what happened in this wing, what happened down in this basement, mm. and all that kind of stuff. What's in this morgue, and you know about the death tunnels and all that mm. kind of stuff. It's just eerie being there, and I love going in at night time with the lights off. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's and it's the just experience. like this asylum. That's what these ones are like, and they're still there. It actually looks a lot like the Victoria Police uh, Police Academy barracks in Glen right. Glen Waverley. Have you seen that building? I have been oh, there right. yeah. twice for it, graduations. Yeah, yeah it right. looks exactly like that. When I when I saw inside the, and out. Yeah, when I saw the <laughs> film, I was like, oh, also like the police barracks up in Glen Waverley. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so the the Denver's State Hospital. It's known as a few different things: the Denver's Lunatic Asylum, the Denver's State Insane Asylum. Has changed names, obviously, yeah. over time. PC considered a little bit yeah. I love the term lunatic, though. Like I think yeah, in I think horror so films, too. and you know, yeah. lunatic is a great term. Yeah. Maniac's a good one as well. It is. Yeah. Lunatic makes it feel Maniac very, asylum. very like um, diabolical. 
Yeah. Lunatic does sound like a little bit crazy. Yeah, really. Mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, mad. Mad for it. No, I'm you fucking nose. said all this Scooby-Doo there. Oh, I was going to say, are you being served? But I'm okay. in a <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, look, the the state hospital itself, like it was opened back in 1878, and obviously like the synopsis sort of said there was some pretty primitive means of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is throughout the 30s and 40s, the place was known for overcrowding. They had like some of the patients were living in subterranean tunnels. Jesus, um, like it was ridiculous. The tunnels in the film are the ones. Yeah, that they yeah. Been it's like, like yeah. yeah, I think it was like registered that there could be like now I'm not 100, percent but it was say a few hundred of some sort allowed to be in there, and they had like 12,000 you know that lunatics. 12,000, yeah. ridiculous. And that's that's the ridiculous. population of the types in in Victoria too. Mental. The thing with the overpopulation would have been like no a massive, <laughs> would have been like a massive tuberculosis outbreak or something. Is oh, why God, that yeah. that existed. Oh well, that was the other thing too. Instead of because there was so many people in there, they were performing lobotomies, yep. just prescribing drugs because they couldn't deal with the crowds. It wasn't that the people needed this treatment. They did these things to people just make to room. try and yeah to make room. And it's horrible. But, you know, eventually, obviously, it was shut down. Like, it, it took a long time for it to be shut down. They shut down wings o- yeah. over time, but it didn't really shut down until 1992. I imagine, mm. obviously, the practices had changed over time. But, um, obviously, it's got a rich history of just awfulness. Mm. Um, and it's one of those kind of places you, you can feel that. Mm. You know? So, when you watch that movie, you're like, God, it would have been a terrifying experience being on that film yeah. and shooting it. When these asylums and places shut down, they tend to get bought out by universities. And yeah. the universities then use them for other means, but yeah. sort of don't do anything to them. Like just because there's yeah. one of them because um, VCA is um, obviously Melbourne Uni, but Melbourne mm. Uni owns an old abandoned. Well, NMIT hospital. own the ones in Victoria. Do they? Yeah. Right. Because yeah, because mm. there's a lot of student films shot in all these abandoned yeah. hospitals. Well, that scare campaign was. Oh shot yeah, at that Aradale. was. Yeah. That at Arrowdale as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Um, no, the other thing I was going to mention about it was, um, which I I don't think I've read on the internet unless you've read it, but I did see it in one of, I did watch all the special features. I watched the film twice, once through, obviously, mm. once with commentary and then all the special features, but um wasn't mentioned on the commentary track, which was ported from the DVD in mm-hmm. 2002 or whatever. Oh, um, my, my DVD doesn't have a commentary. I know, the MRA one has check. no special features. No, it has special oh, features. Oh, yeah, it has, it has like a couple of profiles yeah. and probably. I didn't, I didn't go that far yeah. into the menu. Animated Bare menu. Bones, yeah. um, <laughs> I love those. But the, um, CD-ROM. Yeah, there's a, there's a special feature on the Blu-ray and the cinematographer, the female cinematographer that worked on it... Um, Uta she or something. Was, what's that? What was the name? Uta, Ooh, Uta or something. I can't remember to be honest. Something like that. Um, she Beautiful was almost looking. blinded. Yeah, she's stunning. Not um, her. The film. I've never seen her. a picture Sorry, of her. No, yeah, she's quite pretty as well. No, she is. <laughs> um, but she was almost blinded. Like um, some something sort of came out, went straight through like the the viewfinder of the camera, and straight into her eye. Went pierced through the eye, and then I think it was pretty close to maybe you know punching. Something there that's fatal. Oh, art she imitation. From the life imitates art. And then have to rush her off. And yeah. And like imagine a cinematographer being blinded. Like well, that's that actually the worst That happened on Maximum Overdrive. We talked about that. Yeah. Remember with the lawnmower and the wood chip going into the yeah. cinematographer's eye. And he yeah. only ever made one film after that because he couldn't Horrible. see. Horrible. It is a beautiful looking film though. Like it is. Credit, credit where it's due. Like, think, it is a beautiful But it's unusually film. beautiful because of the digital <sighs> I agree. element. I think that was yeah. something that was sort of hard for me to overcome on DVD and it's weird now watching on Blu-ray because it was obviously shot in HD but it's also it's not the kind of film that 
will look amazing in full, on a 4K TV yeah. You yeah. Know, because you're going to see that it's whatever, you know, was it was it 1080p it was shot? It was like, it was, it was HD. A, it was the it first was, film was of its format. I can't remember. Was it 26p? 24. 24. It was the first. It was, yeah. Yeah, Brad Anderson reckons it was the first, first theatrical, theatrical full HD yeah, digital right. film. Because yeah. it, pre, it predates... Once upon a time in Mexico, and mm-hmm. it predates Star Wars. It was the same camera they used, in, the Sony camera they used on the Star Wars. Yeah, mm. there was like a first gen of a Sony. It's like the Cine Alta yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like crazy. Yeah, crazy and, and and if you can tell, it looks digital, but it is superbly handled yeah. for a for a, yeah. for a it's, HD. It's, it's the way it's lit. That it's just, it's yeah. the lighting that yeah. comes down yeah. to it. So yeah, having an experienced cinematographer, the lighting, the steady cam, all these things, these factors, yep. and it, it makes it look good. It is a little bit unsettling to start because you're like, why is this sort of? And there's like concentrated close-ups and things that make you, you know, know like yeah. what. But I then like, you just kind of get used to it, and then you embrace it. Yeah. What I think helps too is there there are scenes where um it's moving flowing fairly fast and they're going from one room to the next but one room's pitch black the next room's light the next room's pitch black the next room's light yeah it gives like you he's going through of the gym momentum. it's light yeah. totally. the tunnels are dark and then he's going through like an old spa area and it's yeah. light then it's dark and i think that boom 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 is just makes it really kinetic and really yeah. you know frightening. makes you feel like you're almost turning pages in a yeah, book makes totally. you feel like you've got momentum behind you yeah, yeah. and i think that accompanied with that sound design that really scrapey sort of sound design where it feels like they've use different sort of instrumentation kitchen sink and shit like that it's it's, it's a very sort of unsettling sort of thing it's almost hyper real at times which you know it's like a Tom Waits application of music yeah yeah it's very very cool dreamlike nightmare state yeah almost David Fincher but on a very low budget Yeah, yeah yeah like a like yeah like a restrained Fincher on a little bit of pocket money yeah yeah see how much what you can do with it um, yeah, it has. A, I think it has a very distinct style to it. And it's weird too because, I mean, does Brand Anderson have a particular style? I don't really think so. I think he, I has a, think he so. shapes the films as yeah. what they require. I think the he just has an overall aesthetic yeah. that runs through his films like Shyamalan does. He has a gimmick. Like the right. gimmick for Shyamalan is the twist ending. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think Anderson's gimmick is just taking something normal and making it not quite normal. Yeah, you're right actually. Like, yeah, that's how true. I sort of see like it. Like skewing the story slightly yeah. just to make it seem... yeah. But it's oh, weird that we talk about because The Machinist is a very similar film to this film. Yeah, very much. Which is weird. Yeah, I've never I haven't thought seen, about Again, the, the Machinist is another one. I haven't seen that since theatrical. Well, The Machinist is like um, it's performance piece and shock value that really sort of sells that one, right. which I think is a bit different to Session Nines in some ways because you know, this one is much more just the aesthetic and drama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, because I remember when... when no, I was waiting for because he's going to come in with the performance. Well, no, because I remember when, when, when The Machinist came out, the mis- I felt like Machinist was like unfairly compared to something that was like Fight Club or it was like right, yeah, remember yeah, or Donnie Darko or something. Like that. There was like all these unfair comparisons, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't mm. know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like outside of that kind of twist ending, because it did have a twist ending, didn't yeah. it? If I'm not mistaken, yep. yeah. outside of that yep. twist ending, there's nothing like any of those films. No, and it was every- everybody did the same thing with uh, Donnie Darko and uh, the Butterfly Effect. It was like Butterfly Effect just wants to be Donnie Darko. I'm like, why? Like how yeah. how did you get to that point? And I felt the f- the same thing, and I felt like it really did a disservice to the machinist. Yeah, I think it was true. it was a it was mm. a better film in and of itself than it de- than it deserved the comparison. And then when Freeze Frame came along, that was compared to the machinist. Like it's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeze Frame mm. was really it's good fantastic. as well. That's so really Freeze Frame. Yeah. yeah, really underrated. If you like this kind of film, you'll like yeah. that. I'm pretty sure I've got it in one of my lists on Amazon Prime. Stan. Yeah, it's Netflix, well worth one it. of them. Do even it even yeah. just as an exercise in in just utilizing form and format, like it's it's worth it. 
Great performance. Mm-hmm. Lee Evans is so good in it. Viewlorium is the place to stream cult movies for free. Like I'm talking mutated sharks, megastorms, exploitation, low-budget indies, and shit tons of other stuff. Like Viewlorium boasts a huge selection for good, the bad, and the weird in between. Fakeship.net uses their service. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged. Be rad like them. Viewlorium. Alternative streaming. Visit viewlorium.com. Like, right now. Can you believe it's December already? The year has absolutely flown and we've come to the end of our series of Franchised. Yes, that's right, we've reached our destination and we will be putting the show to bed. Look, we've had a great time doing it and we hope that you've had a great time listening. We do have one final episode to go and we will be looking back at the Warlock series. That is Warlock 1, 2 and 3 starring Julian Sands and Bruce Payne. It is a favourite of ours and we intend to bring the show to an end with a bang. But don't fret, we have exciting news because we will be returning next year with a brand new show that is guaranteed to hit the spot. We have a fun new theme that's going to carry us right throughout the year and we cannot wait to let you in on our secret. So make sure you join us for our final episode of Franchise and be sure to subscribe to our podcast for all new episodes and heaps and heaps of fun. But for now, let's get back to Rewind and Digress. Oh, we're just on a note of style now. Glenn did jump forward a little earlier where he mentioned the, uh, you know, the production design of the hospital because they utilised pretty much everything. I think they Almost did, everything yeah. in the film was already there. They yeah. might have rearranged it in some way. That's it. Yeah. The only, I think the only thing they brought in was maybe the Wheelchair. hydrotherapy sort of stuff. No, I think that was there. It just wasn't where it was. And, the, um, and like the hazmat suits hanging in the corridor. Yeah, or something which like they left. Because when they fuck. when they went back and that did that, that would be terrifying to walk into. Oh that, that was all there when they went back in whenever it was two thousand three, two thousand four, and did their first you know video. I wonder if that was all there. It was there before this film. Surely not. No, I think that was all set up for the yeah. production of the film. Yeah. Surely, yeah. you think so? Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, what else I was going to mention was um, Mary Hobbs' room. Obviously, they put up you know the the weird sort of montage of photos all across the world uh, walls and whatnot. It was like news clippings and things of that. On the commentary, Brad Anderson actually mentions what he was trying to do was set up this creepy sort of... This is actually a direct quote here. What I was trying to do was set up a creepy sort of juxtaposition of images that re- represented happiness and joy with images of abject poverty, sadness and tragedy as a way to allude to like the split personalities. Mm-hmm, okay. Which is like pretty nice sort of thing. Split personalities? Yeah. Well, the main character having yeah. a like, tormented... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. the breakdown. Putting yeah. on this face and yeah. being like that and whatnot. Yeah, okay. Actually, you know what I haven't mentioned? One of the funny things, one of the things I do like about David Crusoe's... I mean, David Crusoe's fine in this film. I think he's fine. I like David Crusoe. I think it could be anyone else in this movie yeah. that's got talent. Hang on, hang on. Say his name slowly. David Caruso? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it could be anyone that's talented that could yes. be playing this role. Though, I love the way he smokes that joint. <laughs> when you find out that's what he was doing when he was hanging out with the two street kids by the fucking yeah. dump bin and buying weed and that was what his vice was. He was getting that weed and he's smoking the joint. It's like, oh, it's like, he must be a tight pack joint because he was getting uh, some heavy Yeah, he was really it. trying. He was really smoking the yeah. shit out of that oh, I joint. Know, I, I know you've got something to add to that, but can I just right. say my favourite David Crusoe moment, which I think is the most absurd moment in the whole film, is when mm-hmm. they first get to this island and they're led inside by the owner. Yeah, right, yeah. And he's explaining stuff to them and he's saying to them like um, this room was done for hydroshock therapy and this room was done for electroshock therapy and David Crusoe goes sounds like you've done your homework <laughs> it's like he fucking owns the place yeah, of course no, he no. knows what those rooms are and it's are. a fucking bar yeah. what do you think it is <laughs> exactly. what's that used for <laughs> I don't know 
washings things. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. And then there was the chapel. It was like, yeah. you know, it was like a self sort of like little community that was there. Over there is a cemetery. We put bodies there. Yeah. You've done yeah. your homework. Yeah, you've done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. What a scene. What a scene. Favorite scenes? Anyone? Uh, yep. You go first. When Peter Mullen admits to David Caruso that he hit his wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yep. think Peter Mullen just Peter for Mullen's, the performance. Oh, like he is just he cha- he channels just greatness in everything. It'd be my second favorite performance of his. My favorite is Tyrannosaur. Tyrannosaur. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Incredible. Tyrannosaur. So yeah, it's it's that is not a light yeah. one. It's a heavy That's one. Why. It's got oh, I had it on DVD, and it's just it's, sort of like do you remember? The right frame of mind. Do you remember like Warzone and yeah, yeah it's like yeah, that. that's what I figured. And Neil by Mouth, it's that kind of thing. Really, really it's got Olivia Coleman, who I adore. Oh, she is amazing. She's just Olivia Coleman's in it. Yeah, God, yeah, I really do like her. Yeah, I really like her. So if she's getting beat, that's gonna be really hard. It's not pretty. But yeah. Pierre, Pierre Mullen is he, I mean, he's a great director in and of himself. Have you ever seen in the films he directed? Orphans or oh, The Orphans? Sisters? Is Orphans the one from the 80s? No. Okay. Late 90s, maybe early 2000s. No, Set in Glasgow. Three. Oh, The Orphans is very funny, the one I've seen. No, so no, no the, this, one, one. this one's I've three. seen The Orphan. Is yeah, I've seen The Orphan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is that Friday the 13th, The Orphan? Or, <laughs> no. or is it just Orphan? Leonardo DiCaprio produced one. I don't or, know, whatever. Or he did, he, did one, uh, he did one in 2010 called Ned's. Ned is like the, the Scottish equivalent of, of like a bogan, a mm-hmm. non-educated right. delinquent. Is that one a comedy? No, it's a no, drama, okay. and it's about <laughs> a kid. It's about a kid. Thinking of Ned. It's about a kid in his teenage, his, his late teenage years, who starts to fall in with the wrong, the wrong crowd. Right, right, right. And oh my God, he is as talented behind the camera as he is in, in front of it. Like it's well worth. But that was something that I that I brought up because session nine seems like, in some ways, it seems like a very Peter Mullen because there's mm. so much rich character there for him to grab a hold of and 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 work with, right? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time. He doesn't have anything else in his catalog that comes close to to this kind of piece of genre filmmaking, right? right? Yeah. And the film he made before this was called The Claim with my, uh, was a Michael Winterbottom, Winterbottom. film. Mm, yeah. But he's with on Wes rec- Bentley I with Wes Bentley, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think uh, it was like somebody else, Milly Jovovich or something. Like Sarah that. Yeah. Was in it. Be- again, beautiful looking film set in snowy, snowy, right. a snowy western. Anyway, Yukon, Yukon, it mm. is Yukon as well. Uh, yeah, the gold rush, of course. I love the digression part of this show. I know. Yeah, this is, well, he's doing yeah. it for me. Boom. <laughs> but he, uh, he, 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 he's on record for saying that he showed up in the claim for the paycheck right. because the next film he was going to make after Orphans was called uh, Sisters Magdalene or oh, the Magdalene yeah. Sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then because he was writer, director, producer, blah, 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 he basically just showed up in the claim to help pay for this independent production. Right. But it makes me wonder, did he show up in... And I, and I know the budget to, to Session 9 was only like a million and a half or something like right. that. Did he show up in this just for that extra hundred grand just to chip in towards the, the next film project or something? Because it is such a diversion yeah. and the rest of his canon. I'd be very curious to try and find out, actually. I c- it feels like it was written for him. It does. Mm. Because yeah. he just grabs hold of it and he just he, he knows what Either to do Either that or it. he was given a lot of leanway to sort of play with the script. Yeah. But he's a uh, yeah. My name is Joel. He's in that same mm. kind of territory. Really deep, mm. heartfelt mm. stuff. Like, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Where Would you like at. to know my favorite scene? Yes, yeah, go I got two. Okay. First one, undeniably, has to be when Brendan Sexton. He's the young guy with the mullet. Warren from one of your favorite films, from Empire Records. Yes. He acts the same in every film. Have you noticed that? Like yeah, he's, he's got the same yeah. thing. They going. put a mullet wig he's on him. Good on him. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> but um, no, there's the scene where he's he's 
uh, trapped in that corridor oh, and no, all the yes. lights start oh, going out, yes, right? This great. is the same corridor that has all of those hazmat suits lined up, which yeah. is eerie yeah, enough. That's good. But then when the lights start to go out because the generator mm. fails, mm. he's running away as the darkness is chasing him yep. Yep. and the darkness slightly overtakes him yeah. and yeah. he's screaming to bloody high heaven yeah. and it's just a terrifying moment oh, because great. Brad Anderson doesn't beat around the bush. It's yeah. like it happens like lightning. It's it so fast. fast. In most movies, the tension's built because yep. you get the boom, yep. boom. Boom, and all the lights go out. This one is like, yeah, it's like it's fast. Yeah, and they chase the shit out of him, and that is fucking it's, terrifying. That's yeah, Very and the other one would be when Josh Lucas gets lost when he goes into the maze of corridors, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he kind of loses where he's at. I just yeah. love that scene. I think that's really creepy too. Josh Lucas looks pretty cool in this film, like a cool dude. He does, yeah. not like Red Dog, where he just looks like a lame foreigner on the outback. Is he wearing contacts in this one? He's got really dark eyes. I don't know. I don't know. Sort of hard to say. He popped. Sext in the third. Josh Lucas. This was the time where Josh Lucas showed up in that David Gordon Green film, Undertow, wasn't it? It was. It was about the same time. I feel. Well, I think he was in um, that Alabama movie with Reese Witherspoon. Oh yeah, Sweet, Sweet Home, Home Alabama. Alabama. Wasn't that yeah, the same year? Around about then. Around about the same I think time. it was like yeah. 2002, 2003. Have yeah. you seen Under Undertow? No, I've got I got. I have. Out, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Isn't he? Hasn't he got a handlebar mustache in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome in it. So so good in it. Same mustache probably in this film. It's almost certainly the same mustache, mm. yeah. In that fact, mustache yeah, has yeah, got credits, man. There you go, yeah. On yeah. IMDb, it's got its own trivia. <laughs> um, no, I was going to mention too, because he, he was in American Psycho. He's in a very small part. Very in small part. Psycho. Is he one of the yeah. business guys? But that was back yeah, he in Yeah, he's the one when they're talking about, um, what is it? Oh, they're talking about, yeah, something derogatory toward women. Yeah, right. Um, but that, was that, that would have been 99, 2000? Yeah, about 2000. So maybe yeah. about a year before this, yeah. Because yeah. I, I have never really seen, I've not seen Undertow, I've never seen Josh Lucas in much. This was like a springboard Red era for him where he was yeah. just, yeah. Where he just coming into traction. never quite got anywhere, really. Just kind of hit this Bubbled, and that was yeah. peaked. And yeah, but he's still a known name. Like, yeah. you say Josh Lucas, you know who you're talking True. about. You know, but so he's he, no Brennan Sexton the third. No, he's not. No. 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 So few actors Brennan, are. Although he did turn up in three... Um, Three billboards. Yeah, of course. I was going to mention yeah, that. Yeah, I just remembered that then. Well, As a similar kind of character. Yeah, he pretty much. Weird haircut. He was in Boys Don't haircut. Cry. He was in Black Hawk yeah. Down of um, Empire Records, obviously in Pekka. Yeah. Remember the John Waters film, Pekka? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But right. I always, I confuse this one for, yeah. I can't remember his name, but the guy that's in the um, Uber Bowl um, Rampage series, the main guy. Yeah, I can't What's remember his then. name. He's in like Band of Brothers, the Spielberg production. Anyway, that sure. guy... Reminds me of this guy, and I get them confused all the time. Yeah, uh, easy to see. The guy from Going All the Way is it? It's not that guy. No, not the guy from Spanking the Monkey. No, no that that's guy. Jeremy Davis. I love that guy. Oh, yeah, he, Million Dollar Hotel can't go wrong. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. He's a good actor. Um, I don't really don't have much more to say about this film. Brendan oh Fla- no, no, I will. Brendan I will Fletcher. Actually, yes. I, I haven't said my favourite scene. Of course, I'm going to tell you about that. It's the scene on the stairwell with Brendan Sexton the third, of course, <laughs> and and Josh Lucas. It's like when he's like, "Hey, man, you know, like what's going on?" And like, yeah, and like he's just like there, and he's he says, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, what are me? you doing here?" Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. And it's like because it starts off and then it just gets creepier and creepy. He's like, "Oh, I've got to go and get something," and it's just like, and he's holding he's holding the coin. Coin. And it's just this fucking creepy scene. He's got the sunglasses and he's like staring out the window. And it's just like really yeah. unsettling. Cause I'm like, where's this guy been? Like, what's going on? Like, Well, I love that scene too because I think that's the point where Brendan Sexton III actually starts acting properly. Like he's yeah, just yeah. a goof off and then all of a sudden he's dramatic turn yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got depth all of a sudden yes yeah. which was sorely missing beforehand yeah. although like if if i were him and i were like you know hanging out near the van and i saw whatever relation old mate is to him swanee from train spotting 
and he's coming at me at a fucking super speed, I'd be like, well, this doesn't look like a good situation. I'm putting myself it's in a It's a pretty... If you, either of you guys start coming at me, dude, like, looking pretty aggressive, covered in blood. face, I'll yeah. probably... I'll probably it's, be inclined to run. It's Why a pretty clunky image. Swan. Swanny. 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 Was that his name? Yeah, that's his name. I thought it was Mother Superior. No, that's... Yeah, but they, they, they call it's it... It's a nickname, Swanny. yeah. yeah the two Superior. nicknames. Yeah. Right, I got yeah, you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. there's an interesting Did scene that... Did he turn up in Trainspotting too? I don't think so. Can't re- yeah, I think he does. does he? I feel like maybe he does. And he's doing the same thing. He hasn't gotten out of the cycle, I think. He's I could be only watched yeah. it once. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got to revisit that. But that, so scene, that scene you're talking that about, um, there's that moment when uh, Brendan Sexton the mm. third. Oh, fucking it's love such a great name. It is. Let's say it again. When he's uh, Brendan Sexton the third is exhausted and he collapses into the side door yeah. of the car and he pulls out the Oreos and eats it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's little okay for me. But... <laughs> That scene right at the end where you see the flashback to pulling up at the house, yeah. he has Oreos in the top of his shopping bag. Yes. Like, so it's indicating that, that moment true. in time. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's not a whole lot more I want to say about it. Like, I've got a bit of a wrap up, but is there anything you guys want to address about session nine? Just, I'm, I'm for one, I'm glad that I got it, that I, that I. Mm had an opportunity to go a reason to go back because yeah. like I say I saw it when it first dropped 15 years ago yeah really disappointed with it at the time obviously in hindsight it's because I didn't get it yeah I think yeah. you know but I'm I'm very glad that I got a chance to watch it again and I, I'm if I'm being honest I think I'm probably going to watch it again tomorrow mm. which will be the first time this year I've watched the same film twice Excellent. in one week well you can have that context right. in mind to see how it plays out exactly yeah. I like, did watch you know, it twice once with the commentary and I still you might yeah. have to do it a third time with that I in mind definitely I think I'm going to yeah. watch it soon not, yeah. not tomorrow yeah, I got shit to do, man. I got yeah, that's true. I'll probably end up watching The Machinist. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is what it's probably gonna end up doing is, is giving me a top. Brad Anderson. Yeah, yeah because I haven't up. seen Stone Actually, Beirut. That's what. Yeah, I'm I haven't seen me Stone. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Beirut. And I haven't seen Stonehurst, yeah. and I haven't seen Machinist since it dropped. What about so. Next Dot Wonderland? That was his first film. Yeah, because the first two films that he did were like Parker Posey drama comedies. Though I love Parker Posey. Was she in that? I can't remember. I did. Was it Roadshow release? I feel like it was yeah. a Roadshow release. Around the same yeah. time as Shooting Fish. Like it was I that like Shooting Fish. Yeah, yeah. Parker Posey just released Stuart Townsend. Who was the other actor? Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Oh, it wasn't. No, no, the ma- other male lead. It was sort of like someone that looked like they were going to be big and then never really went on to much. Do you remember that was a Video Easy exclusive? Yeah. I saw it in the movies. I saw it theatrically and then when it came out on video, I had to join Video Easy to rent it. I remember I really rocking up to work that. and we had like 300 copies of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And we yeah. couldn't even flog them off as X-Rentals. Really? Not. Not I, I, I went to Video Easy and put an X-Rental of it. I was like, oh, we'll oh that's where that one went. We thought it was stolen. <laughs> <Yeah. now." laughs> Stuart Townsend was an odd cat, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was. He, he looked, because he's a turned director now. The original oh, Aragon. Yeah, like yeah. He, he didn't age he was, so yeah. well, did he? Because he ended up balding and he looked a bit weird. Really, did he? Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen a picture he, of him. He was receding and then kind of went weird. I don't know if he ended up wearing a toupee or something. The ex-Mr. Yeah. Charlie's Theron. He, um, right. he, was, he was involved with Charlie's Theron for years and years and years. Mm. And he did that battle in Seattle. Have you seen that? About no, the, 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 no. the protest that got out of hand in the street. It's not bad. I mean, right. it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But he, his, one of his first films when he was back in Ireland was called Resurrection Man. And it was, he played a hard, hard, hard Irish gangster. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
who committed some crimes in, in you know James Nesbitt, mm-hmm. that, yeah, my favorite actor. Is he really? He is. He's so good. He's a he's a investigative journalist looking into the story, and Stuart Townsend. Stuart Townsend's awesome in it. Yeah. If you haven't seen Resurrection Man, do it. It's, it's it was weird. He had a kind of weird career trajectory because I thought he was going to be blow up and be huge, and then he kind of just well, he would have been if they had kept him in Lord of the Rings like he was originally cast. Right, he shot okay. scenes as Aragon, yeah, and yeah. Peter Jackson wasn't. Feeling it, happy. yeah. Well, Maybe he saw Queen of the Damned. And went, <laughs> <laughs> no, what it was was is that him and um, Philippa Stevens, Philippa Boynes, Philippa yeah. Boynes, um, they sat down. And they're just like, we've miscast this because Aragorn should be older than this, right? And they felt Townsend was too young, so they don't yeah, have yeah. to get rid of him. And after already filming stuff, I know yeah. that's brutal, man. Sean Bean had nine hours to decide whether yeah. he wanted to travel all the way to wow. New Zealand for like two years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's crazy. I know. Not about Sean Bean. Oh, Viggo. Sorry, Viggo. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. And of course, you know that old story is Viggo Mortensen was just like, I'd never read the book, and I said to my son, and he was like, Yeah, Dad, you got to be Aragorn. I'm like, Really? Sounds a bit too kind of hallmark for me, Viggo. But I appreciate the sentiment. Like, yeah. But yeah, wow. he had, yeah he had like yeah ten hours to make up his mind. <laughs> yeah. Thank God he did. That's a massive decision. <laughs> huge. What a huge commitment. Yep. Yeah. Got it right though. Yeah, I reckon. And then oh. James Nesbitt rocked up in The Hobbit, so... Yeah, he did as well. <laughs> Bringing it right. There you go. So what is Stuart Townsend? So he's, he's directing and, you know... I don't know. completely unrelated to this film, so I'm glad that we digressed. <laughs> I, I don't even know how we got onto him, to be I honest. I have no idea what he's doing now. But Johnny Lee Miller feels like he's doing a bit more. <laughs> I feel like I still see him pop up and shit. Well, because he's doing Elementary, yeah. the TV oh, yeah, show. It's up to like five it. or six is seasons still, or something. Yeah. It's still airing. He showed... Do you know, he showed... Wow. When, I, when I was uh, in New York running yeah. this cafe... Uh, Johnny Lee Miller showed up with his, I assume is his girlfriend, could be his wife. Right, right. And of course, you know, being in train spotting and every Scotsman mm. in the world knows train spotting. And Plunkett and McLean. And Plunkett and McLean. I love Plunkett and McLean. Did you say Hackers? Oh, no, Hackers is nah. classic. I've got to get that on my Hack race. the name. world. But when, <laughs> when Johnny Lee Miller showed up, he came in. I'm not even joking. Like, my butt puckered. I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I, this is, I'm. He was like, he saw he the way you're looking at him in his butt pocket. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> and I was looking at him. I'm like, oh my god! Like this is that's fucking John Lee Miller. That's fucking yeah, John yeah. Lee Miller. And I completely fucking ignored him, pretending like I didn't know who he was. And I was talking to his girlfriend because his girlfriend's English as well. And I, you right. know, just got to the point where I was just like, you know, usual chit chat when you're making coffee or you know, fixing up the bill. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Oh, I said, you sound like you're fresh off the boat. She's like, nah, I've been here for a couple of years now. And like, I'm just like, oh yeah, right. Where are you from? She's like, oh yeah, I'm from London. I'm like, yeah. She says, what do you do here? She's like, oh, I'm an actress. And I'm like, oh, cool, man, cool. And I goes like to Johnny Lee. I looked to Johnny. Then what I looked to do? Johnny Lee Miller. And I goes, what do you do? <laughs> Goes, I swear to God, I looked at him, I goes, what are you there? He goes, I'm an actor. I goes, is it working for you? He goes, yeah, it seems to be all right. I'm like, good for you, man. And I went back to his girlfriend. I just completely nixed him. That's amazing. Just, just blanked him like I didn't fucking know that's or amazing. care who he was. As soon as you turn around and walked away, I was like to every staff member, like, that's fucking sick. That's sick boy. Oh my God, that was that was fucking Johnny Lee Miller. That was Johnny Lee Miller. I was losing dude, my dude. mind. You should have thrown a quote at him as he's walking that's out. That's so oh, yeah. well handled. Oh, it's man. incredible. Losing my mind, and he was good in Transpotting too. He was very he was good. great. Yeah, it was like a. Real He's actually really good role. in Elementary. Elementary's not a great show, but Johnny Neal yeah. was the best thing in it. What a digression! Yeah, well, it was damn worth it because we would never have got that Johnny Lee Hill <laughs> story. It's fucking killer. 
Okay, hackers. That's coming up on rewind and digress as well. We've got too many, too many. <laughs> well, calls. we've already done hackers on before their time. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't appreciate it. No, I don't think they go. Yeah, <laughs> no. you, you, it doesn't make any sense to you because you weren't there, man. Okay. <laughs> you don't know what it was fucking like. To <laughs> but get, just to get onto the internet, it was a fucking nightmare. But like, they nailed the reference with the skateboard. Like, what's with the bad guy in a trench coat on a skateboard? Yeah, yeah. Okay. you know, you know, they didn't get hackers, man, but they know about the cloud. They understand yeah. the cloud. <laughs> Sean, Sean, they know about the cloud. Now, look, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. As we always do before we wrap it up, I like to suggest the best version of the film to check out. And really, as far as I know, there's only one Blu-ray version doing the rounds, and that's the Scream Factory Blu-ray, and it's well worth it. It ports over all the special features from the US DVD, and it adds to it as well. It's got that uh, Horrors Hallow Grounds feature that I spoke about mm-hmm. earlier, the locations one. It's also got a 48-minute documentary wow. on the film as well, which is really good, and they... They actually get everyone back to talk about it. Maybe really? not David Caruso. They don't get him back. But they do get Brad Anderson to talk about it, which, like, mm. you know, he's a big... He's a heavy hitter these days. He doesn't have to do, like, you know, some 48-minute featurette for something he's already done a commentary yeah, and yeah, yeah. making of, you know, on a previous DVD. Speaking of Caruso, when was the last time mm. Caruso was in it? Did he basically just... He doesn't just, do much these no. days Did he all. just, after CSI, did he just yeah, quit it? I think so. Because wow. I looked at it in my IDB and I'm like... He's only ever done like say forty-five things, which was like that doesn't seem like a lot because he's been in TV shows, he's done movies, but like yeah, I looked. I don't think he's done anything since maybe two thousand ten or something. It did like guesting on other CSIs, right? Yeah, like yeah one-off yeah, episodes in. here and there. But Just even collected paycheck and yeah. head out. But again. even then, when did when did Miami CSI Miami finish? No idea. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Must be nearly ten years. You'd ago have anyway. to care about such things to know that. Yeah. I like Caruso, man. No, Caruso's Kiss all right. Death was shit. That was <laughs> a shit. Man. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, come on. Watch it again. What about no, Jade? Definitely. That's what about when Jade? I, I feel like I was pretty sure the first time. No, because I thought it was going to be mega cool. Yeah. Sat down to watch it and I was like, even Nick Cage, who I like in most things, not that he for lack of trying. I just wasn't very convinced. Nah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I yeah. urge you watch it again. I think I'd rather watch Jade. Hmm. I like Jade because that's got Linda Florentino. High oh, five! Yeah, it's probably got a bit more to look at than you know the Kiss of Death. Great cartridge. You never know. Look, well. I might watch Kiss of Death if it's on the plane one day. And, you know, it's in the in the in this classic section. I'm like, oh fuck, I'll give it another look. You, sh- you, you know? should really. I did should. like the delivery of Nick Cage's line where he does, you know, I oh, was, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it's like, it's an old phrase. Is that the he one where he's pretty cool? I think he's. Is that the one where he's bench, bench, bench pressing a naked woman? Yeah, like, I think so. <laughs> I think that's what's happening um, in that particular moment. But the Screen Factory Blu-ray definitely worth checking out. That 48-minute feature is really kind of cool. Um, everything that was previously on the yeah. release. Really well, can I can I say that? anyone that yeah. sort of stumbles across this at cash converters or whatever on yeah. DVD, the MRA transfer or the actual the print yeah. of the film is really good. Yeah, like yeah, I, I it watched is. it on DVD and it yeah. looked glorious on my big television. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I got a 75 yeah. inch and it looked yeah, there awesome. There's nothing jeopardizing the, nah. the quality. Yeah, so pick it up. I mean, you're not going to pay any more than four bucks at cash. <laughs> and you get a reversible, you, do, you get a reversible idiot. slick. So I got mine yeah, for which a, I never knew about. I got mine for a buck. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. pretty much, yeah. I, you know, I won't pay more than $3 for a DVD at Cashies unless it's something I know I can flip and sell for like 20 to $30. Well, of I've, course I, I'm, gonna buy I, I'm so disappointed because I have to have the David Crusoe face version out yeah, because right. if I flip it over, it's got all the stickers from the video stickers. store. Yeah. yeah, I know. That David Crusoe, he's always eyeing you. Clearly, I wasn't trying to market the Crusoe factor when I had it on the shelf. No, not quite. no. <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, we don't want that. Yeah, no, I know. He stares, stares into you. Has he got a Mel Gibson stare or a know? brushy eyebrow stare when they oh, get he's close always up? Taking off the, the you know the, the montages on yeah. YouTube of him taking the sunglasses off from you sunglasses. Know, acting. Some solid acting. Well, remember when I referenced that back earlier in the podcast? Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, that 
that, yeah, I don't actually. And neither do I, if I'm being honest. Did that really happen? Did you or say that? Yes. Shit, no, or is this like a session nine thing I where you're losing your mind? This. No. I, yeah, I did. All right. Well, there's that. <laughs> um, look, let's just let's just give a shout out to the Screaming Meanies who uh, provide the music for this podcast. Thank you very much, Screaming Meanies. And until next time, guys. Adios. Thank you. Thank you.